Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode, where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello, everyone. Hello. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. We're here. It's Thursday. We missed last Thursday. We missed last Thursday. We had a horse show. Well, yes. I drove the truck. She had a horse show. <laughs> yes. Last Thursday, we were in Thermal, which is near Palm Springs. We took um, Harvey, Luigi, Kensington, and one of our clients, Casey, went down there. Thursday night, we were driving around the... We were starving. We'd been up since 4 a.m. It was a long day, let's just say that. And we could not find anywhere to eat. So then first we went to Panda Express. That was kind of scary. So then we found a Mexican restaurant finally. And then it was past Facebook Live time. So we apologize for missing you last week. But dinner was good. Yes. We went back there again the second time. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, the horse show was good. Um, we were both very proud of Casey and Diesel, who got their gold medal, which is very awesome. exciting. Just, that's just great. Yeah, because um, we've been working with Casey since Diesel was a five-year-old and now doing training level and moved him all the way up the levels. And I think that's really exciting when you – like take a young horse that knows nothing and you develop it all the way up to the Grand Prix, it doesn't happen that often. And it's something that is really worth celebrating and very exciting. Um, very satisfying. And there was much happiness. Everyone yeah. Was stoked. Yeah. So that was really exciting last weekend. Um, Harvey was in the CDI Grand Prix. He was really good, which has been super fun. Again, I got Harvey when he was five. So he was doing like, first level, a little bit of second level when I got him and now he's doing the Grand Prix. And I think that that really is like my favorite part of riding is developing that partnership with your horse, which is something that takes like years and years. That is my favorite part. I mean, the showing is not my favorite part. They like the, I like it when they like me and then they come to the gate, like Frankie comes to the door now, you know, and she was, she was troubled. Yeah. And she comes to the door now. So I like that. You kind of get to know them and get to know what they like and what they don't like. And you start to be able to trust them, even when they're fresh and a little excited and crazy. Like, I think that is the most fun is when you feel that hotness and that excitement, but you're not like afraid of it anymore. And you can just ride through it. I think that's when you really have that partnership with your horse. And it makes them feel better too when you ride through that. Yes. Because you don't want them afraid of their power and their energy. Yes. So anyways, the horse show was great. I'm very grateful to Herman for driving and grooming for me because... And warming up and... Doing all the things. I did all the things. I wore many hats that day, yeah. that weekend. But it's definitely it's something that you can't do alone. Like you need support in this sport and you need help it's it it's, takes a team i mean yeah. you, know, you need your vet you need your shoer um, yeah. your trainer your horse 
it's a team. No one's doing this thing on their own. It is a team effort, and uh, you got to have a good team. Yes. So in other news, um, I'm putting in the chat a link to sign up for my goal-setting webinar that's going to be on New Year's Day. So please come. Please invite your friends. It's going to be a really good webinar. I've been doing a lot of research about goal setting, and it is so important that you set your goals and you set your intentions and you write them down and you break them down into bite-sized pieces because it's going to set you up for a really successful 2024. And let me know if you're watching here in the chat, if you have any plans for the holidays. Um, what are our holiday plans? I'm gonna go ride the horse. Yes, on Christmas day. Yeah. I think that's that's like my favorite holiday plan is to go ride my horse. And It'll be quiet and- uh... No one will be there. It, will, it should be good weather. It's been like super rainy. It rained all day today. There was even thunder and lightning, which is kind of unheard of. There were tornadoes. Of. There were tornadoes? Yeah, on the beach in Ventura. What, 10 minutes from here, there were tornadoes. That's pretty unheard of for Southern California. Yeah, we so, don't really have weather. Yes, we had like a real storm. Levi was shaking, sitting underneath of my desk. Um, so he does not like it when it rains and much less when it thunders and lightning. So... Uh, so yeah, goal setting webinar, New Year's Day, then I'm doing another webinar at the end of January. We just decided today I'm doing a webinar about how to teach your horse to pee off in hand. So I think that's going to be really exciting. And we have some questions to answer. If you're here live and you have a question, ask it in the chat. Here's a question from the chat. How long have you been riding for? You answer that first. How long have you been riding? Oh, Lordy, now I have to tell how old I am. That's terrible. Um, well, you could just like say when you... 42 years, 42 I think. years. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I took my real... You know, there was stuff my parents, my mother did. She took me when I was a little kid. I saw some pictures of me. So, yeah, since I was a little kid. I've been riding since I was like 11. I'm not going to say how old I am. So right, I'm not there you say go. how old I am. <laughs> okay. Questions. Here's a good question. This question's from Dana. Is in your opinion, is it better to use awarded scholarship money towards extra training with your regular trainer or do a three-day clinic with a well-published clinician? Good question. What do you think? It's a hard question. It's a hard question. Um <laughs> There's... You know, because I have students come to me and go, hey, can I go ride with so-and-so? And sometimes I say yes, and sometimes I say no. Um, I don't want to get too much into that, but, you know. There's advantages and disadvantages. And, because And I don't know where this person is with their riding either. Like in the beginning, you should really just stick to one yes. because, you know, too many chefs spoil the soup. Um, at some point, you know, when there's competency, I think you can take a lesson and then you take what you like and you leave the rest and then it works out and it's not so confusing. But early on, I think it can get fairly confusing. Yeah. So because there's, you know, we have different, different pet peeves. We find th different things important. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's the principle, your horse must go forward, but now how do you get it for? And then, you know, it's, their experience is different. And if it's early on, it can be confusing. Yeah. So it's good to be consistent with the trainer. Right. That's why. And so if it's somebody who teaches radically different than your trainer, 
it may make more questions than answers. But like once you're at a certain level, like once you feel like, I would say once you've shown a little, you feel like you can walk trot canter, you can handle your horse in a new situation, then going and working with a clinician can be really helpful because they'll see different things than your normal trainer and say, say, say the same things in a different way and yeah so you'll, you know you'll get a fresh perspective because everybody gets barn blind i mean there's nothing we, and going to clinics is a great way to get inspired and become motivated uh and so i mean we do it all yeah. the time and we go see our coaches on a regular basis and but, we encourage our students to do it too yeah but it's good to have your trainer involved like to ask your trainer and be like hey what do you think would do you think this would be a good idea to go see this clinician and then like if your normal trainer can go with you and watch then that not only makes your trainer be a part of and supportive of it but then your trainer can also see like for me sometimes when I take a student to a clinician I learn a little I'm like oh yeah the clinician had a good point I should try that exercise or I should you know work on getting the pole more up or the horse more forward or whatever so um, there's a balance there, but it's a good problem to have a little extra money to spend on lessons. So we actually did not answer that in any way, right? We did. We oh, gave okay. some ideas. Okay. 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 Next question is from Sherry. My horse struggles with shoulder in one way. I'm only doing it in walk at the moment until it is established a bit better. Can you recommend any tips, please? So why might your horse struggle with shoulder in in one way and not the other? No outside reins, my first thought. Or it's the stiff side of the horse. Right. Or the one hind leg is weaker than the other. The concave side of the horse. Because on the stiff side, I'm thinking it's probably doing it okay. Yeah. So like shoulder in is an exercise that works on straightness and it also works on getting the inside hind leg more engaged right. and under. stronger. So it's pretty normal that one side's going to be easier than the other. And so on the side that's guessing that it's not working and you're getting a neck in, um, I would just ride it with no bend. More outside rein. More outside rein than a straighter horse. Yeah. And then whichever way is harder, like go back and forth, like do the hard side, do the easy side, do the hard side, do the easy side, and just work on it a little bit day by day until it gets better. Because it definitely is something that requires strength and suppleness for your horse to do a correct shoulder in. And that takes time. Yeah, you don't want to grind them. And uh, what I'll do is I'll do half an arena, make a half circle and a half circle, and I'm on the other lead and then do it from that side. The other track. Oh, here's a good question, which is funny because in strides next year, we have coming up like we're doing a whole month in strides about inside leg to outside rain. So I made Herman film some oh, video this yes. week, um, with, uh, with teaching Chico. a student about inside leg to outside rain. So here's the question I'm slowly getting the feel about inside leg to outside rain. I know that there's a video, but I wonder if you could spend some words and give images or example of exercises that can be used to fully integrate this technique. Well, leg yield. Leg yield across the arena, down the wall, head to the wall, you know, change direction. But leg yield is because you'll feel it if the horse is parallel and moving. I mean, if it's crooked, then it's not quite right from inside leg to outside aids. Yes. And when your horse is 
connected inside light to outside rain. Like the reason it's important is because it gives you a feeling of engagement. Like you feel your horse's inside hip lower and you feel them kind of come up into the outside shoulder. So you feel a better balance. The horse yeah. is more on all four legs instead of how they want to be, which is a little bit on the forehand and in your hands too much. So that inside leg, it helps feel a lighter contact and a better balance when the horse's weight is more evenly distributed on all four legs. Okay, here's an interesting question. Why do certain schools of dressage have you maintain the outside leg back in the canter after the transition? Does this not encourage the haunches to come in? I'm finding it hard to adjust to with the new horse I ride. Without putting the outside leg back so, like after a canter depart or? Yeah, so it you when you whenever you're in canter, especially if you're on a horse that knows flying changes, you should have your inside leg at the girth and your outside leg slightly behind the girth. Right. It's a hand's breadth. It's not the corner of the saddle pad. Right. It's, it's subtle. It's subtle. And it's also, it's not a lot of pressure. So it's not like your outside leg should be clamping or like constantly on. Pushing, right. It's not, it's just it, It's there. just positioned there. And the reason that that's really important in the canter, inside leg at the girth, outside leg behind the girth, is because that's what allows you to do tempi changes because your horse goes off of your leg position. That's how they know what lead to go on. So um, so you always should have that slight positioning, but again, it's slight and it's subtle and it's not like constant pressure on Right, because what you, what you asked is true. Like if your outside leg was back and on and pushing, yeah, the haunches would go to the inside. So you don't want to do it that much. Yeah, so you might have too much pressure um, with your outside leg, or it could be that your horse is just crooked in the canter because most horses are crooked in the canter. They pretty much all want to go with their haunches to the inside because then they don't have to actually engage their right. inside hind leg. So it could be that you actually, the problem is that your horse isn't listening to your inside leg. So you need to like ride a little more shoulder four in the canter, get your horse more off of the inside leg. But that's a good question. Okay, next question from Stacy. How much pressure should you feel in the reins? I struggle with the concept of keeping good contact, but not holding, and how to tell the difference between the two. Yeah, well, to answer the first part, uh, the right amount. Um, and then, you know, good decisions are based on experience. Experience is based on bad decisions. So you're going to get too heavy, and you're going to get too light, and you're going to find out what your horse likes. Because... Just like people, horses like a different amount of weight yeah. in their in in the contact. You know, some seek it more, some seek it less, and you have to make that adjustment. Um, but ideally, you're not pulling. It should be like a weight of a soda can. Yeah, that's the idea. Um, I think Hillary Clayton stuff said like when when riders, but they put the, they put the gauges on and stuff. Yeah. And when riders say, oh, that's the right contact, that feels light, it's between three and five pounds. So, yeah, so the can covers it. Yeah. But, I mean. But, you know, there's things to look at, right? If the horse's neck looks like a washboard, right, it's just stiff and hard, then that, that's not really useful. And it doesn't matter if the reins are dangling loose if the horse's neck is tight. 
Yeah. But you also should be able, like, if your horse starts out really strong and heavy, you need to work on getting them softer and lighter. If your horse starts out like super light, like they won't touch the bit at all, then you have to get to where you can have a little bit of a contact right. because you need to be able to feel a little bit of a light contact. You know, nobody's driving their car without holding the steering wheel. Yes. You know, and if you try to grab a hold of that steering wheel and turn it, it's hard. If you have just a light feel of the steering wheel, you can turn it. But I think one thing that's important about contact is to remember that it's more about your seat and the rest of your body. Like, don't focus just on your hands. Like, what is your seat doing? Are you following That's the motion? Are you moving with your horse? Because if you're just focusing on your hands, then you're kind of missing the point because most of our cues should happen from with our seat. seat. Yeah, your hands and support that. They're okay. the originators. They're, they're, they're sort of the followers. It's your seat. Our last question for tonight, unless there's any more in the chat coming up. Is it better... When trying to learn the canter pirouette by approaching the turning spot with collected canter in shoulder four or in haunches in positioning. Okay, let me rephrase. When you're preparing for a canter pirouette, this is a good question because I'm also doing a course on pirouettes next year. When you're preparing for a canter pirouette, should you prepare in shoulder in or in haunches in and why? Um, I like the shoulder in because otherwise it makes the, the shoulder have to come, the radius is too great in the circle, right? The shoulder is going around the haunches. So if you've got the haunches in, then the shoulder has to chase it and catch up. And it's just too hard. Yeah. But that's classically how you should prepare a canter pirouette is in shoulder in. And that's especially important in the Grand Prix when you do your pirouettes on the center line, the judge can really see the straightness of your horse in that preparation for the canter pirouette. And the other reason that it's important to prepare and shoulder in is that canter pirouette is technically a circle around the horse's inside hind leg. So it's really about getting them to take weight on the inside hind leg and the shoulder in prepares your horse to take that weight on the inside hind leg. Um, so I think that that's, a really good point but when you're schooling the pirouettes like any movement there's different ways to school it so sometimes when you're teaching the pirouettes right you'll do like a schooling 10 meter circle in travers or you might practice haunches in like haunches in in the canter is a prerequisite to doing the canter pirouette but so much of Right, because you need to be able to control the outside hind leg. And so the haunches in gives you the control of that outside hind leg. And you say, okay, I can move it. I can move it. But now I got to move it in shoulder four because it just, it's so hard to get the shoulder to come around yeah. if you're in haunches in. Yeah. Not to mention, you're, you're supposed to go around that inside hind leg. So if you're in haunches in, then the inside hind leg keeps moving. And then, yeah, yeah it's. Yeah. But it's. It's hard. This stuff is hard. Riding is hard. Dressage is hard. So, and there's another question and, in the chat. You yeah, have to read the question first. Tell okay. So DS says, when making a sharp turn with some speed, should we try to position our weight to lean into the turn? Imagine a motorcycle. 
or should we try to keep our weight upright and perpendicular to the ground? And Barbara answers, no leaning in. And I'm going to go with Barbara on this one. Gonna... Yes, you're not riding a motorcycle. If the whole reason that we have to sit quiet and still is so the horse can balance us. If we're moving around like a tree in the wind, the horse can never collect because it needs to splay its legs out wide to stay stable. So when we're rocking and rolling up there, you're knocking your horse off balance. And that's a bad plan. No leaning in your turn. So Barbara's no rocking right. and rolling. It's also important because like the cue for turning your horse really is outside rein and outside leg. Because you're turning the shoulder. Right. You're not pulling his head. Because if you pull his head to the inside, the shoulder goes to the outside. So you're turning the shoulder. So if you're like leaning to the inside, then it's going to take your outside aids off of your horse. And then your horse is just going to fall through the outside shoulder and not actually turn. So anyways, hopefully that helps. All, All right. right. There's no more questions. Do you no. have one more question? She's having trouble with her seven-year-old. Oh, Tanya. Decide not to trot or lope when lunging. He stops and pins his ears and jumps up his front feet, ooh, leaving the ground. How do I correct this? Position yourself behind him and make him go forward. <laughs> yes. Obviously, Easier said than done. Yes, but obviously he has, he has learned some things that you need him to unlearn. Um, you missed something along the line where he was like, are you going to make me? And now it's really gotten to a point way down that road. So it's work on your footwork, position yourself behind him, and he has to go forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because the drive line on the ground is you have to be behind the shoulder to get them to go forward. If you're in front of the shoulder or if they turn and face you, then you can't get them to go forward. So you might have to like hurry up and move your feet to get there behind the shoulder so that you can send them forward. Uh, one more question. How do you deal with a bendy horse, like an overly bendy horse that wants to overbend? Outside right. Outside right. And outside leg. Because you want to keep them And ride stable, forward. Right. Ride them forward into a steady contact because you need them stable at the base of the neck. You know, if they're moving around like overcooked pasta, that's not comfortable. So keep them stable at the base of the neck. All righty, everyone. We hope you have a wonderful holiday. We hope that you get to ride your horse, spend a little extra time at the barn, loving up on your horse. That is our plan for the holidays. And don't forget to RSVP for the goal setting webinar. I'm going to be working a lot on my slides over the holidays, so it should be a great webinar. And I hope that you all have a wonderful holiday and get to spend a little extra time with your family, with your horses, with your pets. And we have not done nothing for the holidays. There's no we have decorations. Given each other, we have given each other the gift of not having to get any gifts. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. <laughs> yes. So I guess we're not giving each other any gifts this year. Um, we will just be giving each other the gift, gift of, of, our, not, of our presence well, with one another. Know, the gift of not having to get a gift. That's a pretty good gift. <laughs> the gift of just go buy yourself whatever you want. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, yes. <laughs> all right, we'll give you all that gift too. You don't have to buy us any gifts. 
All right, bye everyone. Good night. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions and I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.